I'm like an alcoholic. I start moving. And, uh, I don't know why. I'm alcoholic about other things. There's, there's several women running around that tell you I'm a selfish bastard. And, and, uh, and I'm, I'm not. So you'll probably figure that out for a long. And, uh, you know, if you're, if you're new around here, here's the deal. It's not be a nuts thing. You know, most everybody that, that belongs here is pretty much nuts when they come around. Uh, if you're not sure, everybody probably better try some more drinking. But anyway, uh, I, I came here like that. And, 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 and I've, I, I don't know. I, there's there's some evidence out here that, that you could people could talk to and tell you that I'm probably I'm not as nuts as I used to be. Okay, but here's the deal on that. You know, for for the first five years that you're in AA, your brain heals up from all that poison being poured into your body, and it takes five years actually, from what I know about it, to get the all the the stuff and junk that you put in there out of your spinal fluid. So your brain heals a little bit for five years. But after five years, you're as good as you're ever going to be. You're just as smart as you're ever going to be. And then when you get to be, like in my case, age starts to work against you so that the curve starts going down the other way. And so I don't know. Um, I've been sober uh, for some time, 24 years. I'm back to fight. If I make it to the 1st of July, and, and there's every chance that I'm going to make it, you know, I'm, I'm I'm pretty. Uh, I'm not in good financial shape, but I'm in. I'm pretty good mental shape now. Pretty, pretty happy with things. And there's a good chance I could make it sober to the first of July. And if it does, I'll be. I'll be 25 years sober, and and I'll have. I'll have uh, been sober as long as I drank. Kind of a big deal for me, you know. I mean, after, you know, I, uh, I don't know. It's, once you have five, six, this doesn't seem like a big deal. You're talking about having ten, and then once you got ten, well, hell, and you, it's not a big deal to you have twenty. I don't know. So, but anyway, twenty-five is a big deal for me. I, I, if, it, if it comes down, and I'm pretty sure it will, you know. I, um, I, um, uh, I, I pretty much paid my dues to be here. I don't know how. There isn't really enough time. This was a little short meeting, uh, uh, but. Uh, I pretty much paid my dues to get over here, you know. Uh, um, I uh, I drank as long as I could, and I, I drank myself into a classic alcoholic um, dilemma, and that is that I I couldn't drink and I couldn't not drink at exactly the same time. And that's how I ended up here, you know. That, um, I wasn't a, the kind of person to uh, to work when I drank, you know. In fact, um, when I drank that bottle of half of her, what it was, I floated away, and I wasn't working for anybody that day, and, and I did a lot of that. Um, I, uh, I, had, I was in the Navy for a long time, and I, and I went, I, you know, there you had to be regular, because they had ways of, of getting you there and, and teaching you how to be on time. And, uh, but after I got out of the Navy, I never really drew a sober breath again, and I, uh, I did a little work here and a little work there. I went into the recycling business for a short time. Um, I um, had a buddy of mine uh, who used to sell me dope, great dope tubes. He had the best acid in the county, and, and uh, that was one of my drug choices. And, and uh, anyway, he would let, he, he ran the dump out here in Woodlake. It's not there anymore. They buried it, and it's probably poisoned in the water. I'm sure for people in Woodlake will be for a thousand years. But anyway, uh, he used to let me come out there with my little pickup, and, and we'd choke up a couple of this and that, and drink some of this and that. And I'd run out there and down there through all them used baby diapers and whatever and I'd drag uh cans and bottles whatever it was out of cans uh, specifically out of there and, and in those days um, I had this old beat up El Camino Chevy El Camino pickup and, 
And uh, if I crushed all those cans and throw them all in the back of that pickup and filled her up about level, I could, so they wouldn't blow out, I'd get right around 100 pounds. I'd go down there to Coors, and I'd, I'd get out of the deal in those days. It was about 20 bucks a, a hundred. And uh, I'd get $20, and I'd, I'd go down to the first little old gas station, and I'd get that pickup for me. So I'd get down there again the next day or the, whenever it took. And then I'd go down to, to Saymore. I lived in Ivanhoe. And I, uh, I'd go down to Saymore and buy four cases of uh, whatever was on sale. I wasn't a real picky drinker by then. Uh, and, but I, anyway, the, the point of it is I was given drinking my full attention by that time. And I never really got my feet on the ground after that until I got to AA. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know how many. I, I don't know how many of you have you've had this kind of experience. But things used to occur to me for weird reasons, for reasons I can't necessarily explain. You know, I uh, um, when I, I I don't even know how it came, but I how it occurred to me. But I came home and I and I shit these drunk three o'clock in the morning and uh, and that old woman gave me a rash and shit. You know how that goes and and. Uh, so anyway, I was pretty full of whatever I was doing that particular night, and I, I got up and I was in my underwear, and I decided that the, the back, we had a little acre, a little acre out in Idaho, and I decided that the back half of that place needed to have the weeds burn off it. And it threw. So I went out there, and I took a pack of matches, and I'm in my underwear, and I got a dust. I want to be safe, so I got to drag this hose out there with me. I got a garden hose with me. Squirting me straight up in the air about eight feet. So anyway, I went out there and struck that pack of matches up and throwed it in those weeds and all that. I'm telling there was a wall of fire as big as this building. I mean, just like that. And there I was standing with a goofy hose and I sprayed it at it. didn't really good. I don't know how I kept from burning the place. I mean, there wasn't really any consequence from that story. It's just that's, 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 that here I, you got a picture of me standing there in my underwear with this, with this hose at three o'clock in the morning drunk or something like that. Um, why I'm not in jail for that, I don't know. Why I didn't burn Ivanhoe down, I don't know. Uh, of course, if you've been to Ivanhoe lately, I might have gotten the Nobel Prize. I don't know. But anyway, well, there are 50 years in corporate, one of the two. I don't know. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I'm a, a real lucky person in, the, in, in, in that I never really paid, paid too many uh, dues for my actions. Not really. You know, there's plenty of people... Uh, I mean, since I've been sober, I've worked over at Corker, and there's plenty of people over there who are in jail for doing lots of things. I mean, things that I did lots of times, and and they're they're paying the price, and I never did. I I really got I'm a really lucky person. You know, I, mean, uh, I I always kind of figured when uh, when I first got it, they started they used to talk about uh, you know people being here for spiritual reasons that God saved you from your insanity of having to be here, and I kind of bought into that because I'm telling you guys, here's the deal. It's, if the angel of death or Buddha or Muhammad or whoever it is that's in charge of taking people out has had every chance to take me, a whole bunch of chances. I, 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 yeah, I list the chances that Paul take me, and I'm still here. So um, I've been through a barricade at 55 miles an hour in a Corvair in the middle of the night, drunk for $700. So I, I don't know. And there's, there's lots and lots and lots of stories. I won't bore you with all that kind of stuff. Uh, I'm sure you all have your own stories uh, about like uh, about things that happen to you like that. If you don't, you don't belong here. Is what I the way I look at it. Anyway, um, you know, I I I don't know. I'd love to be able to, to to tell you that I had some kind of 
answer for somebody that's new or so I, you know, the one thing I hate preaching, I hate people who preach to the newcomers, to tell you the truth, but anyway, I don't necessarily have any answers to keep you sober for the rest of your life. What I'm hoping is that I can that I relate the story of what's happened to me. I'll tell you that, that I think I'm on to something that's going to keep me sober for the rest of my life. I don't know about you. You're going to find your own deal here, you know. But that's the beauty of Alcoholics Anonymous, is the pure beauty of Alcoholics Anonymous, is that to make it simple so everybody understands, we have a wrench to fit every nut that comes through that door. That's the, that's the beauty of Alcoholics Anonymous. This is, a, this is a program where nobody's too smart and nobody's too stupid. Nobody's too old and nobody's too young. This is a, 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 a program for, for everybody. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter if you're atheist when you come here. Sooner or later, if you stay here, you will learn something about a higher power. And you may not become a spiritual giant. Uh, I don't consider myself a high spiritual giant, but I'll tell you what, guys, the best thing, the best thing that Alcoholics Anonymous has given me is, a, is a, an ability to depend on a higher power. That's the number one thing that I have learned here, that the dependence on a higher power. And, uh, and I, hope you, I hope that happens to you. I really do. I think when I came here, I would have told you I was an atheist. I don't even believe there is such a thing as an atheist, atheist anymore. You know, I, I've heard from too many guys who have been in combat that, you know, when that, that bullets and mortars start raining down, I mean, you'll pray. I mean, you know, how many, what do you think you are? You'll pray. So I'm, I'm not convinced that anybody's really truly an atheist, but, but I think I would have told you that, that I was that when I came here. And I, you know, the beauty of it is, once again, that nobody forced that down my throat. Nobody forced it down my throat. Uh, you know, you, all of you talked about higher power and you talked about, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, a power that were, that you could turn your troubles over to, and I largely ignored that. Okay, because to start with, I want to tell you that that in the in the 25 years that I drank, I didn't do much like easy does it kind of drinking. You know, I, I drank rough. I, I don't ever remember, not even when I was a little kid, not liking the taste of whiskey. Uh, my dad let me used to take a little pull off his bottle once in a while, but he always said. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I really liked the taste of whiskey, always did. And uh, uh, as soon as I got a real snoop full of it when I was about 13, it just took off. And, I, and from then on, that's what I wanted to do. I, I, it was okay to do something else, but it had to include that. You know, no matter what, it had to include that. And, and, um, anyway, that's, and, and, that's, and that's the way it was until the very end. And, and really, yeah, I think if I had found some plateau, someplace where... You know, things weren't getting worse, or some some way to to drink on the weekends or something like that. I'd still be doing it, but it just that's not the way it was for me. I, the, the main reason that I got to Alcoholics Anonymous is because I was just afraid to go on being who I was. And I know that that may sound kind of weird, but that's the truth, you know. And I, um, uh, I mean, my behavior becomes so bizarre, and I was doing. Just weird things and being arrested all the time, and and uh, I just couldn't go on like that. I remember the last drunk that I was on, and it wasn't a huge drunk. It was a little five day. I was, I was one of those. I was married in those days, but I was one of those real sweetheart husbands where I'd leave Friday afternoon for a pack of cigarettes and not show up to Tuesday or Wednesday. I did that shit all the time. You know, she used to come out looking for me, but she quit after that. But I mean, after the you know. She used to call the hospitals and the jails and until and, uh, she found me, but 
you know, that, they don't, they, sooner or later they quit doing that. Your rescuers quit doing that. They usually shove it in their face long enough. Anyway, uh, this particular time, I, uh, uh, I had been a little five-day drunk and I got arrested and thrown in jail. And, and in those days, they used to keep you in jail one hour for every point that you were drunk. And I was point two four, so I got I got kept for you know over a couple of days. So um, anyway, they, they finally let me out, and uh, I didn't think I was that drunk really. But I, I when I when I went to me this right turn, I I cut a little close to that telephone pole, took the mirror off the passenger side, and that highway patrol was there. He, he uh, you know I didn't see him. He was there at home. Anyway. Uh, I got home, and, I, and when I was sick this time, I drank myself sick, which I didn't do very often. Usually I get up the next morning and go back right back to drinking, because I don't believe in taking those those days off. I'm telling you, I, if, if you are still drinking, that's, don't, don't be taking those days off. It just makes it worse. Just keep steady drinking. Don't Just just drink steady. Don't. Anyway, I was taking five days, three or four days off because I was sick. And I had to bribe, you know, one of those real good deals. I had the blinds closed, you know, and they had phone off the hook and the television off and tell that cat to quit stomping around. And, uh, you know, about, I, I got out Monday morning. About Thursday afternoon, I'm thinking, uh, and I can sure use a beer. <laughs> Take a beer sure would make me feel good, you know, pretty good, just some kind of something, you know. And I wasn't thinking of how I was drink everything up before I left on the five-day deal. So, um... Uh, anyway, uh, I thought to myself, you know, man, <laughs> what are you thinking? You're going to start that over? You're just going to start it all over again? Is that what's going to happen, you know? And anyway, so I got it in my head. I'd call out. I'd call. I, I got in mind I, I should need, I needed some help. That, that's the first thought that occurred to me is I ought to get some help. Um, you know what I mean? I knew I was alcoholic. I, I, I didn't really, I, to be honest, I really didn't know what to being alcoholic meant. I didn't, I learned that here. But I, I knew I was alcoholic, and I, so I, uh, I mean, I knew it did something for me. It didn't do for most people. So anyway, I uh, uh, got started, you know, thinking about my uh, my uh, alternatives. And uh, I saw it in the phone book, you know. And you know, they used to have a place in Kingsburg in those days. And I, you know, um, I don't think they have it anymore. I think they've gone belly up. But anyway, they used to advertise and tell the serenity, of, uh, peace and serenity of Kingsburg, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what they what they got for for peace over there in Kingsburg, like thirty thousand dollars. And I'm going to tell you what, guys. At that point, huh? At that point in my life, nobody. I'm telling you, nobody was going to bet forty, thirty thousand dollars that I was going to go someplace to someone's charm school and get sober. Nobody. I didn't have anybody like that left in my life. Okay, I've run those kind of people off. Um, so really, the reason I ended up AA. Uh, it's kind of fortunate now looking back on it was because it was free. That's all I could afford. Anything else would be too high. So anyway, I, I did. I called them and they hooked me up with somebody there in Ivanhoe. Another sober person in Ivanhoe who was my, who was, you know, I, I don't know, I, he's my sponsor and he has been ever since that. It's been, and I've never changed sponsors. I've, I've thought about killing him a few times, but I never have thought about firing him. He's arrogant little shit. But anyway, Anyway, that's the way it started for me. And, and uh, you know, I, once again, I'm, I, I really didn't start out as a spiritual giant, and I'm, and I'm not now, really. I'm not a big book thumper. And I, um, I mean, I love AA, and, and, I, and I love lots of things about AA, but the part of it that's worked for me is, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you about it in a second. But anyway, they, uh, 
the worst thing that was wrong with me then is I hadn't worked in 10 years or very much. I just worked my driveway for uh, for uh, booze or, or cash, you know, or whatever I could get to go up there and buy some more of the Ham's beer or whatever it was I was drinking. Sometimes I'd get myself a little secret bottle. But anyway, um, I needed work, and and, and uh, one of the guys in AA, several guys in AA, I, I don't know how they did, but they got together and... and and took me by the hand out to one of the packing houses out here and said and got me some work and and it started out I mean I didn't make a whole lot of money but it really didn't matter I needed to learn how to work when you haven't worked for ten years you've laid up drunk every day for ten years and eating whatever you know kind of dope somebody castle's got in his pocket that comes over you know um, uh it, it's tough. You have to learn to work again. You have to learn to get up in the morning and go to work. So, anyway, that's what I did. And, and um, things, you know, things got better. And, and, and not in a huge way. Uh, I remember uh, talking about being nuts. You know, I was, I was pretty nuts when I came in. But I remember about a, I think it was probably a year, a year and a half. I don't know if that's foggy now. I don't know how to remember. But, but I do remember the incident because I, I was sober enough to know that you're supposed to pray when you get in the pickle. You know, I was, I was that sober. So anyway, I got into this, this outfit, and I, I had two different two-way radios that belonged to opposite companies. And one of them was on, uh, in one, you know, one of them was an AM and one of them was an FM, just for, for, all, for just for sake of argument. And I plugged the AM into the FM guys, thinking it wouldn't work, and I... You know, and I knew it was working. It was drawing current, blah, 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 and I just couldn't tell why. And so I, anyway, I, but it, it frustrated me to no end. I got, I'm standing out in the parking lot in the packing house, for Christ's sake. There's thousands of people around it. I'm standing there screaming at God, what the hell you, I can't ever sit up. You know, so, anyway, I was nuts, okay? I was nuts. It took, it took a long time. It took me and quit being nuts. Um, anyway, uh, to tell you about the closest thing I had to a spiritual awakening, after about three years in this program, and I hadn't done very much, maybe the first and the second step, um, but I hadn't drank, and I hadn't used any kind of drugs, and I, and I was hanging with AA people, and I was going to meetings all the time, all the time, all the time. Um, and I, there's witnesses here that know about that. I was, I was at some AA meeting all the time. But look, here's the way it was, you know, that I, it wasn't like the people at home were impressed with my my recovery, okay, because they'd seen my shit hanging out before, so nobody was waiting for me to come back and steer the ship. My my wife had long since taken over the reins. The kids had long since learned that whatever daddy, whatever comes out of daddy's mouth could be right, it could be wrong. But there's no reason to change your schedule because of something he says. So anyway, I really had nothing better to do than hang around the club, you know. So I, I you know, I don't know if that's going to work for you. You may have a job, you know, that you, and if you've got a job when you come to AA, keep that son of a bitch, okay? You guys, that, there's some, some the newcomers. If you've got a job, keep it. And if you've got an old woman, keep her. Or an old man, keep him. For a while. <laughs> anyway, uh, well, I'll say that's another part of the story. I'll get to that in a minute. But anyway, uh, I've been divorced twice in sobriety, for Christ's sake, you know, so I don't know. Anyway, uh, I, I started working a little bit, and, and things got a little better. They will. If you're drinking the way I was and doing the kind of things I was doing, and you quit drinking abruptly and start, and start working and doing things right, things will get better. I don't give a shit what else you do. 
Okay, things will get better. And they did. They started to get a little better. In fact, here's what. In three years, I had a pickup that was all one color. Okay, and that hadn't happened to me in a long time. A pickup that was all one color. Okay, and that was a pretty, it wasn't a new pickup. It was, a, it was an old, old, old pickup. It was a 77 Chevy, and this was, you know, in 89. So, um... Anyway, uh, I was pretty proud of that, that pickup, though. I washed it all the time. I'd, it'd been so long since I'd had anything that was presentable. Yeah, I think I'd even put a seat in it. I don't know. And anyway, uh, you know, things were going along pretty good, and I, uh, uh, I'd, I'd bought myself a little dirt machine and used to work on the dunes and playing around. I'd gotten out a little bit. You know, when I, when I came to AA, my idea of a really big night, guys, I'm talking about a, a gala affair, was to stand out in an orange grove with a bunch of other drunk assholes telling the same story over and over and over again. That's a big night for Mikey. So when I got to go out and take a, you know, go ride out in the dunes with a, with a three-wheeler man, and I mean, I was styling, and I was happy to be sober. I mean, I, that's the truth. I was happy to be sober. And it, I mean, I was going to AA all the time and listening to your, your, your stuff all the time, you know, so I, um, um, I, I didn't know, I don't know that I was ever really tempted to drink. I, I think I, I don't know. We, I had a couple of times that were kind of funny. I remember one time, uh, um, my little old woman, you know, she just never did like the first one I had. She just didn't like AA, you know. For one thing, I, and I don't blame her. I mean, you guys told me it could happen, you know. But it's, here's the way she looked at it. You know, she spent half of her life trying to, to, to keep me alive. And, you know, it's probably her effort that kept me alive lots of times, you know. Um, and, and, it, and I got nothing but worse. And then I come down here and I'm hanging around with a bunch of losers as far as she's concerned. And, and uh, you know, and I'm never, I'm, she's not getting any better out of it. I'm not really home very much anyway. And, and, and all of a sudden my life starts getting better and it's no real, you know, so she didn't even think AA was all that cool, to be really honest with you. Um, I mean, I don't, I, she would have liked it much better if I, I'd have been able to drink a little bit. In fact, well, I don't know if I should tell that story. But anyway, anyway, uh, 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 you know, so, um, it, but, but anyway, things were comfortable enough, or at least I was pulling my weight a little bit. I was paying a few of the bills and, and doing a few things. In other words, my life had gotten a lot better from when I'd come in. And, um, but I hadn't done anything. I hadn't done the third step yet. I hadn't done the third step. For three years, I hadn't done the third step. And I remember this guy came in, and, and I don't know, I know that Rick would remember. His name is Tom. Tom Cartwright, I think, or Cart. Yeah, he was an iron worker, worked up on the Bay Bridge in San Francisco, a climber, had huge hands, huge hands, that big, and, and uh, a man's man, a real, a real good guy, and, uh, but he had some trouble, he'd been in AA a long time, only had about seven years then, I mean, he'd been coming around AA for, I don't know, 25 years or so, and finally had seven years, and, uh, he, it was a Sunday meeting. I'll never forget. It was a Sunday meeting over there next there when he used to have it at the Catholic Church. And, uh, uh, I think maybe, but maybe the subject was spirituality. I don't know. The topic. But anyway, he said that, uh, he'd been coming around for 25 years before he had any, he really got any time. And he said, uh, the last time he'd gotten drunk, he said that, um, he'd been sober for five years. He'd been sober. He hadn't, he hadn't, he didn't, he was going to any meetings. He wasn't doing any steps or anything like that, but he was going to meetings. And, and he was sober, you know. I mean, Tom, I don't think Tom was really kind of a doper, but he, but he, uh, but he did drink like a, like a steel worker. So, 
But anyway, he, he went. He, he went on to get a haircut. Okay, and then he went in there, and, and the barbershop was full, and um, uh, he kind of he kind of he said he kind of made him mad because there's all these people waiting in line at his barbershop. This is his barbershop, you know. I don't know if you you women aren't. Well, I guess that's probably the same thing as your hairdressers, though. But you know, guys get the for a guy a barber's like a doctor. You know, you, you just don't want to just go to any barber. You want, I want my barber. But anyway, the problem with that way. He just couldn't believe he couldn't get in there to see, it, to get it, to see his hair touch. And he was real fastidious about his hair, too, if I remember correctly. But anyway, and he went with five years to Brighton, okay? He just over five years going to meetings, doing, you know, hanging around with Alfie, walked directly across the street and got drunk at this little bar. You know, and I thought to myself, you know, I don't want that to happen to me. I've got things going for me for once in my life. I got things going for me. And it's been a long time, you know. I mean, I, I had a lot of fun when I was drinking. It, up until the last 10 or 15 years. I mean, things, you know, things had gone down real bad for me, and I didn't want any more of that. And he said he thought he knew why that was. He said that he realized that he had never been in touch with a higher power. He just had just never done the third step. And uh, I'm going to tell you what, guys, that made an impression on Mike. I went home that day, and I got that deal out of the book, and I got down on my knees, and I did the third step. And I don't know how much, I don't remember God answering me for it. But I mean, uh, uh, but it made a difference. And, it, and, it, and since then, since that day, I don't have any question about it. I, I, I you know, I, I still don't think I have any huge insight into what God is. I don't know that it has any persona. I don't know that it represents a human. I don't know that it has any human. I don't, I don't know. I don't know any of that. What I do know is this, that when things are tough, and of course, that's the only thing I pray when things are tough. I, you know, look, I hope that you guys get up in the morning and say your prayers and read out of the book. I know lots of guys that do, smart guys, but not me. I, look, I pray and I read and I do that stuff when I'm in a pickle. That's when I do it. Hey, not in a bad pickle. I didn't come here until I was in a bad pickle. And I don't do any other stuff when I'm in a pickle. But when, when, I'm, but I, when I am in trouble, there's a huge amount of relief and it's on tap. Anytime you want, it's beautiful. It's just beautiful. And that, you know, I don't. It, 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 my higher power may not. It, it may not do you any good. I don't know that. I, I don't know that. Uh, you know, once again, I don't know that there's anything that I can tell you that would keep you sober. All I can do is tell you the things that have kept me sober. Anyway. After that, I, you know, I kind of bought the car. We got hooked up with old Tom, the postman. Tom, the postman. I don't know. He doesn't go much to these anymore. I hate that. You know, people don't go to... Uh, I mean, gosh, you know, Tom's a smart guy. He knows so much about it. He's so well-read. He would do a lot of good here, but uh, but I don't know, you know. Um, part of the reason that I go to lots of meetings still is because I've got it figured out that going down to the AA and listening to the stuff that goes on is a, is a is a is a skill. You know, after you got a bunch of time that that when you when you first because when I was first sober, you could say anything and I'd go for it. You know, well it's almost the opposite now. That just I mean now it's like every once in a while something will still be said that I think makes sense and it'll just be like ah you know the rest of it I, I don't know it's tough. so but here's the way I think about it about that you know is that, that it would be ungrateful for me not to come around, at least tell people that, yeah, you know, no matter how wacko you are, you can pull it off in AA and, 
so out of my system quite a bit. Um, uh, and I, 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 I still believe the solution's here. For me, it's always been in the fellowship. The solution's always been in the fellowship. I, the way I look at it anyway, it looked like, the, like old Bill never did any good until he met up with Bob and they identified with each other, and that's really how it started. So, um, uh, anyway, uh, you know, my life has continued to get a little better. I've had a lot of wonderful, exciting experiences in AA. I've been, I've, uh, I, I've been, the motorcycle thing kind of took off, you know, and I, now I, I've got every kind of freaking motorcycle you can have. I still have those old ATCs, and I've got a dirt bike, and I've got a street bike, and whatever, you know, and, and, and I ride, you know, I'm riding, riding pretty, uh, at least from time to time. The dirt bike's kind of out. I'm too tore up and going over the handlebars, you know, horizontally to ride the dirt bike much anymore. I, I need to find somebody old and decrepit to ride with now. But they're out there. I find them. I did you know, where I can keep up with them. So, uh, I've had, you know, once again, I, you know, I went skydiving a couple of times, you know. I don't know if that's, a, that's the way to go, but I've done it. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I learned how to ski, and I'm not sure that's a, a hot setup either for a 63-year-old man to be up skiing, but I've got a season pass. I just want another pass next year, so I can't die for at least a year because i got that pass, and I'm too cheap to lose the money. For, so i got, I got to live another year to, go, to ski that pass out. So anyway, um, you know, and I've, I've, I don't know, I've acquired a few things. I've got a house that's nearly paid for, blah, 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 blah. And I, you know, once again, I, um, I don't know if that means anything to you, but, but it's for me that's what that's AA has has given me a little bit and, and you know um, uh, for a long time I thought that if I, I got some kind of great big gift you know if God said well here here's a million dollars or two million dollars or three million dollars you know and things would be better because I'd have all this peace and serenity you know because let me tell you about that that deal with the losing fear of economic insecurity uh You'll lose it if you have a bunch of money, if you have money, enough money. But when it, when the house payment's due and you ain't got it, that's not, I'm sorry, but that fear, that, that fear of economic security, insecurity is there, right in your pocket. So, and you got to have, a, that's when that higher power deal comes in for me. Uh, that happens to me now. I don't think you're kind of tough right now. Um, not as good as you have been. But, but I don't know. I, I look at it like this. What child's going to get me now, for Christ's sake? You know, I've, I mean, I've been through the worst of it. I, I you know, I... <laughs> I, I figure, like any major decision I make, I just get out that 24-year ship and flip her up there, and oh, okay, well, that's well. I don't know what else there. You know, you got to believe at some point, and I'll tell you a little story uh, about that. I, you got to believe. I mean, if you're going to believe in a higher power, at some point you just got to throw throw into it. You know, that He is going to take care of you, and that's that. Um, uh, once again, I've made some very stupid mistakes, um, um, but anyway. Um, I I, I go down to, to, to Baja and ride ride down at the, in dirt bikes down in, uh, on the you know we pre run the thousand and go around these different guys a lot of fun man it's just it's just crazy good fun it's a bunch of good guys and, but everybody drinks but me and which is I'm not sure I recommend that for anybody that's new but but I, but hey you know what that's the freedom of the program you can do any damn thing you want as long as you got a reason to be there but if you're down there just wishing you could drink with those guys you're probably gonna find something to do but that hasn't happened to me I, I never you know their drinking didn't, didn't appeal to me anyway because they're you know, they're control drinkers you know why would anybody want to drink like that I, I, anyway. <laughs> Anyway, they told a story about this time they got stuck out there, ran out of water, ran out of gas, and they got stuck out in the middle of the desert. And 
uh, they woke up in the morning and there was this little dingy dingy down there. You know, these, these guys were pushing cars down there. Uh, he's not doing anything to make some money. But anyway, this, this guy had a little cart, but all he had was beer, you know. And I wonder if he didn't tell that story just, just for my benefit, because I never told him I was in AA. I just told him I didn't drink and that was that, you know. And, and so, uh, um, when what would do, good was it going to do them to know I was in AA? But anyway, uh, you know, I got to thinking about that. Damn, what would I do if I was dying of thirst? There was nothing but beer to drink, you know. And here's the way I look at it. You know, I, I just got to depend on God to not let that happen to me. I, I mean, what else am I going to do? I, I can't live under the fear that I'm going to have a real slip. You know, a real slip, I don't know if you guys know what a real slip is, but a real slip is when you're walking down the street and you lose traction and fall back on your back and a dog named Smirnoff pisses vodka into your mouth. That's a, so that's a real slip. So everything else, you just pick that stuff up and pour it in your neck. Okay? Yeah, now you just got to know that. Yeah, so that's a real slip. Uh, but I, you know, I thought about that. But I, I don't know. I've never seen it happen. I've been around here a long time, and I've heard people come back with the damnedest excuses why they drank. But here's why they drank. Here's why they got drunk. They picked it up, and they put it in their neck. That's how they got drunk. Other than that, there's probably a lot of other things that happened. That a woman got mad at them, or the kid died, or their mom died, or the, the, the house got taken away or something. There's probably some other reason, but that's not the reason why they got drunk. They got drunk because they picked it up with their neck. So don't do that. You want to stay sober, don't do that. And just, I'll tell you, I'm going to quit this here shortly, but there's, there's only really, okay, guys, I mean, well, I don't want to discourage what your sponsor said to you. If he says that you need to read the book to stay sober, then read the damn book. If you're going to have a sponsor, do what, try to do what he says. Unless he's a jerk, he's completely out of line, you know. But anyway, try to do what he says. There's no sense of having one if you're not going to do what he says or what she says, okay? But anyway, um, if, you're, if your sponsor's telling you to read the book and to pray in the morning, then do it. What's it going to hurt, you know? It, 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 I mean, you can always fire in if it's just a waste of time. It turns out to be just a waste of time, you know? Um, I, it, it, there's so many little tricks that I tell you to do around here. If, if those things help you, if, if, you're, if, if that's part of the program you get into, fine, you know? But there's really only two things that you have to do here to stay sober. And that's the number one thing you have to do here to stay sober is you have to avoid intoxication in all forms and at all costs. Okay, now nobody can go through the rest of his life without getting drunk because if you have to have an operation on your kidney or your eye or whatever, they're going to put you down and when, they, when you get, come back up, you're going to be drunk. Try asking them if you didn't drive home. Ask them. Hey, can I drive home? No. Why? Well, you can't pass the ride test because you're drunk. And I did that. I had my nose worked on. I got up and I was jumping around acting like a little kid. And I thought, what the hell's wrong with me? And then I got in there and had this conversation about whether I could go home or not. She didn't know we can't go home. So why can't I go home? So you you got to drive. Well, so, but you can't drive. You're drunk. You're, you can't pass the drive test. So I don't, you can't get away from it. I mean, it completely. But you can damn sure keep on doing it to yourself. And you need to do that. If you're going to stay sober, you've got to avoid intoxication. And, you know, if you think that you can smoke dope around here and stay sober, hey, charge on. My hat's off to you, you know what I mean? If I thought there was some way that I could, I don't think I would now. Sobriety's too good a thing now. I, I can't imagine that 
you know, that I would I would trade somebody for to smoke over to do something else. But but I just I just don't think you do. I, the way it looks to me like is sooner or later a guy gets back to his drug of choice just sooner or later. Just alcohol. You can smoke that dope and get around, maybe get away with it for a while, but sooner or later that's going to make you thirsty. Always did me. <laughs> Always did me. Anyway, uh, the second thing you have to do here is uh, to stay sober is you have to grow spiritually, and that's the truth. And I don't know any other way to tell you that, and, I, and I, I hope that somebody else has already told you that. But uh, so here's the way I look at it with me is that I started real low. And so I have a lot of room to grow. Now, if you come in here a spiritual guy, you're going to be tough. You have to do some fancy stuff to grow spiritually, you know. I hope that's not true of you. With me, I started real low. So I I can grow a little bit spiritually and, and still not necessarily become any kind of spiritual guy, you know. Anyway, it's a good thing. It leaves me lots of room. And, I, you know... Um, I should tell you about my first little old wife. I, I, the second one was a 30-day deal, and, and uh, at the end of the 30 days, she said, you married me for my money. And I said, well, duh. <laughs> I said, 60-year-old men don't get married for love. They get married for health insurance. Anyway, I don't know. Yeah, I didn't charm her, so I, we, we, that didn't last her long. But the first little old woman I was with, you know, the poor thing, you know, it, it, I've heard these guys say it in Alcoholics Anonymous. If I did, or someone did to me what I did to her, I'd have killed them, taking the time, you know. Um, and I don't know. It, it, once again, like I said, she never, just never did care for this. Just never did care for AA. She didn't make friends with the people. She thought that we were, um, well, kind of like what we are, you know. She thought we were... Um, uh, egomaniacal and thought we were maybe just we lied just a teeny tiny little bit and, and that uh, you know we were uh, uh, and we were too easy to forgive ourselves I think that's what made her so mad about me is that I learned how to forgive myself here you know and that's that's almost unforgivable to a person who owes the kind of debt that I owe that woman um, anyway uh, after 10 years in AA, we, uh, we split the sheets finally. We just gave up. And it was just a matter of just throwing in the towel for all better purposes. And, uh, you know, and, and, but here's the good side of that. Here's the AA side of that, okay, is that in the last 15 years since, since we've been divorced, now I'm able to go over there and help her once in a while and do something for her, you know. Because uh, I'm not, I'm not a necessarily an unselfish person. Um, but anyway, I, I am able to do that. I don't have to argue with her. I don't have to tell her about what I'm doing for her. I don't have to explain how much she owes me for doing that or any of that. I can do that, and, and, and it, it's a form of making amends for me, not for her, for me. It makes me feel a little better about how that whole thing went down, because it went down real bad. I don't know how it could have turned out any other way, but it went down real bad, and I'm sorry for that. Sorry that happened. Um, so... Uh, you know, and same with my kids. My my youngest one, I, I should mention that, I guess. I my my oldest boy, it's his birthday today. I forgot. <laughs> anyway, I um, my youngest one won't hardly speak. My oldest one's in, still we're in pretty good terms, and we do pretty well together. And actually, uh, when we went down, uh, down to Grandma's uh, to ride dirt bikes together here a couple of years, he just had so much fun. He's a grand guy to be around, you know. Um, 
But then a younger son, who's also, my younger son looks like me and acts like me and thinks like me, and he just can't let go. He just can't. He, you know, he thinks he's fooling people. He, he gets himself into that dope, and he, because he, he doesn't even like to drink uh, very much. He'll drink two beers and puke the rest of the night, so he doesn't drink very much. It's not his thing, but he loves that dope. And uh, he has a hard time with it, you know. Man, I wish it was something. I'd do anything. I'd stall down left arm. My left arm, because i got to use this for something. I'd, I'd stall that arm clear up to there if I could get to do something for that little young guy. He's such a good guy. He's so much like me. When he opens his mouth, I hear myself, you know, 30 years ago. Anyway, um... But that's not the way it works, you know. I can't, I, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, you know, 12-step work is the kind of thing where there's an enormous amount of satisfaction. And, and you know, when you, when you get a bunch of time, and, and, and I, I don't know how many people are here got a bunch of time. There are a lot of you people are strangers to me. So I don't know, maybe every one of you might have 20 years as far as I know. But I think you would, that, that you would agree, if you got a bunch of time here, that the very best thing that happens at meetings anymore is when some guy that's new or girl that's new gets up and, and, and starts talking about how life has blossomed, how those kids are hugging her neck or his neck, and how their mom let them come in the house again for the first time in 10 years, and somebody gave them the key to something, they got their license back, that they saw the freaking snow on the mountains for the first time. That's it, man. That's what we, that is heroin for, for people that have been around here for a long time. It makes us, reminds us where we felt, how strong we felt, how good it was for us in those days where, uh, you know, in, in those days, I mean, you know, there's a little bit of humdrum and boring to it when it gets in, a long time down the road, but I'm not giving up. I'm hanging in with you guys. You're all crazy, too, so I, I, I'm right at home, so, um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to try to keep coming back and listening to your stuff and trying to, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, here's one of the way I try to do it. I try not to overdo it myself, and I, here's what I promise you. I won't preach to you. Okay, because I don't, you know, I don't know what, uh, what you're going to do to stay sober. I wish I did. I wish I had some magical deal I could lay on you where you'd stay sober. Not. But I don't know that. I really don't. The only thing I got, to, the only valuable thing I have to make, I don't close my eyes, is what is coming around here and keeping me sober. That's what I know. Anyway, listen, you've been a great audience, and thank you very much for listening to me. And you never, those never really scowled at me. I didn't see any of this. Nobody got me to the bathroom. Oh, God.